Welcome to the JM Pal Podcast Experience. Listening to the Chan Pav Show, teachers talking teaching, where two middle school teachers sharing our reflections, insights about the topics that matter the most in the classroom. So hey, Pav, join us in the hallway or even the parking lot, or better yet, how about the staff room? Thank you for joining us as we sit around the table to talk teaching. In this episode, we are welcoming a new year, and with that comes a new word that is meaningful to us and also guides our practice in the many aspects of our lives. We'll also reflect on our word from 2022, responsive, and see how it has impacted our lives in this past year. I'm excited about this episode, and I'm excited to be here. New year, new beginnings, but the same dynamic duo. Who knows? We'll see in a moment. My name is Pav Wander, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Che and Pav Show. I'm seated next to someone who likes to introduce himself, so I'm going to go ahead and let him do that. It's episode 120 of the Che and Pav Show. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark. And we're wearing Roadcaster microphones. Mm. Hit it! <laughs> oh, I like that. That was fun. Energetic. I try to be fun. Yeah, you are fun, though. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say he's fun. <laughs> and I can be energetic at times. Pav, <laughs> right. and of course I'm Che, mm-hmm. the impressionist, and that's not a reflection of my teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do impressions with your class? Um, or, you know, when you had a class? Yes and no. Uh, early on, I did a lot of impressions. And mm-hmm. I think I came a little bit more aware as I grew older that impressions are, like humor, is dangerous territory to rely upon. And so I, right. I sort of, I've cut that out to make sure I wasn't alienating anyone or playing into stereotypes where I was a little afraid that maybe my impressions, I just assumed they were just great humor building, relationship building. But I think as I grew older, I wasn't sure and because I wasn't totally sure and I became a little bit less comfortable with the practice, I, mm-hmm. I, I do different personas of myself. So I'll jump into gym guy, Mr. Cheney, uh, yeah. but I won't necessarily do impressions per se. Yeah. Uh, impressions are impressions are a little um, risky, Yes, I would say. Um, but, but I don't know that comedy, in, especially if it's a part of who you are and part of your personality, I don't know if that's something that you should abandon because, 
Um, you have to, and maybe abandon is too strong a word. I agree yeah. with you, but you, there are many lines that can be crossed with comedy. So you have to be very purposeful for how Absolutely. you want to be funny and entertaining. I agree with you. There. And so, uh, like Don Rickles' material. <laughs> Probably wouldn't fly. George Carlin, Eddie no. Murphy, these cannot be my mentor text. No, no, so, you're right. But but I, I I depend on a little bit of comedy to 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 sort of um to for that relationship building. Like I do I do like I wouldn't say that I like outwardly try to be funny, but I I allow my funny self. Oh, you're looking at me like, oh, really? I was like, all you do is try to be funny to try to get me no, to no, laugh. No, 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 no. I am funny, and you find it funny, which is why you laugh. Let's not mix up these these wires. We've of we've gone over here. these this material before. I I don't blame folks. I blame myself for not finding people funny. Right, and you find me funny, so don't uh, don't put that on me. E- and let's, let's, That's let's, a you let's, problem. Let's, let's ignore that whole co- comment because <laughs> the core was you. You said you don't try to be funny, and I articulated that you do nothing but try, try to, to be, be funny, funny. <laughs> endlessly. Maybe maybe just for you. Maybe because I like to see you laugh. <laughs> see, there you yeah, go. I don't do it too often. <laughs> uh, Pap, you know, I sort of you're you are right. Like I now that I'm thinking a little bit more, I don't try to. I do very much pay attention to jokes. I don't just go off the cuff. It's no, not like I'm playing baseball not. or on the basketball court. So you're right. It's part of the material. But I think you, as an educator, uh, not that this is our topic today, you have to be really careful about your humor and you better think about it well in advance, which I guess makes you more like a real comedian because you're not just making stuff up. Mm. You are really aware of your audience, your class, how this can land. And I think maybe as I grew into my teaching, I realized more and more people can be hurt or traumatized or it can be a turnoff and so yes comedy is part of teaching but I would say for me it's a lot less and I think we've talked about this before Pav or I have is that I relied a lot on my personality Mm -hmm. as a teacher early on and, and comedy and being over the top was part of that and so I guess for me, it's a personal journey of tempering those things and relying on other things mm-hmm. and, and not totally giving up on those things. But I think when I think of myself, I realize I don't use humor anywhere near as much as I relied right. on humor right. early on. Yeah, that that is definitely true. But I also do feel like, you know, if you are a funny, charismatic person, that is something that's very difficult to strip from your personality um and especially when you're teaching because it really is it's a it's a it's a comfort zone like we're not we're not in classrooms like we don't have our own classes that we teach this year but I often find myself reverting to the you know telling telling some jokes or being lighthearted with the class and and that is my comfort space in the classroom setting when i am with students and we are relating to one another and we're we're building that relationship and we're learning about one another um that is um it's not something that i, I consciously resort to that is just how i do that and so I, it's, it's difficult to take that away because I feel like I would just be a very bland individual if I didn't include, yeah, if I didn't include some of those aspects of my personality, um, when I'm teaching, you know, and so it is, you're going to say it again. I know you are. Bueller. <laughs> I can see it on your face. 
But yeah, I, I guess we can move on from this conversation now. No, we can't because I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. And I was thinking about different classes and how your material lands differently with different oh, classes. Yeah. Yes. So I was thinking of my class this year. My class this year found me really funny. Yeah. Even when I wasn't, I didn't think of myself trying to be funny. I think they found my personality funny, the mm -hmm. way I would address things funny. Uh, I remember last year's class um, not finding me funny at all, ever. And it hurt your feelings. I remember we talking to you about, about it. it. I said, I don't, I don't know, if I, I don't know if I use the word like, but there was. It's funny, uh, Pat, because last year's class and maybe myself and my class is probably the most successful teaching year I've ever had. And I know there was lots of great successes, lots of great moments. And I think students really appreciated that component. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if my personality was as important to my class last year mm -hmm. as sort of the content and the activity. So I don't want to say I had a bad relationship. I had a different relationship with my class last year. It was a dynamic I wasn't quite used to right. where I was those type of things that I would tell stories and I realized they weren't, they didn't seem to be resonating. Of course, they do resonate. They, not every kid explicitly tells you, hey, that's a good story. Yeah. But those little look fors that I sort of got used to picking up on, they weren't there. And then when they returned this year, I was like, okay, there's, and, and it's not about one class being better than another class, just a different dynamic. And I remember right. last year struggling with talking points and I changed a lot of how I was teaching to tr try to, you know, it's constant feedback. What was working, what wasn't working. And uh, so oh, you were you, being responsive. Yeah. So when you were talking about comedy, it, rem it reminded me that everything changes every year. There's those slight dynamics every yeah. year with your grades, that routines or things or comments or uh, little lines. Sometimes they land, sometimes they don't. And sometimes it's not even about you. Sometimes it's about the class dynamic. Yeah. What if there's someone in the class that wants to be, needs to be, is sort of the, the comedic genius and so as a student, they don't, they don't want the teacher to be that because well, it takes a little bit from, there we go. <laughs> that's right. And why do you want to be competing with your student? That's right. So it is. What it is. every teacher at the back of every assembly when there's a special guest and they ask a question. I, I'm going to jump in here, Pat. This is a rant. A good friend of mine that I taught with like 18 years ago, it's, there would be a special guest presenter and they would ask questions and he would always rush to put his hand up. I said, you don't need to answer, eh? You can let one of the kids get it. <laughs> oh, the teacher? Yeah. The he would try yes. to answer the question? Not try to. He would put his hand out right away, and, and he's not the only one. But Teachers, was he trying to be funny? No, he wanted to be right. <laughs> he wanted to be right. Wanted to show everyone he knew it. It's like, it's not your job to know it right now. <laughs> That's hilarious. So usually when there's presenters going around and they're asking questions, I will usually walk over and just whisper to a few students what they might want to say as an answer if they sort of didn't quite get the content or they weren't into the content. <laughs> cheat. I do the same. That's right. But at least it's like, <laughs> I want to center the student success. I just remember teachers in the back. Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> Come on <laughs> now. Get over yourself. I would find that hilarious. I would be sitting on the sidelines just laughing. Now, if you're listening, this, this story is not about the past. Because if you walk into any assembly, look around. There are three or four educators that so much want to share the right answer because they got it. That, well, that's when you whisper your your right answer to the nearest child in front of you. Say, hey, hey, answer the question. This is the answer. We split the prize. And <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, we promise this episode will be under. No, it won't. No, it won't. No chance. I didn't even designate a time frame. No, we're at we're at eleven minutes, by the way. So just letting you know, um, we are talking about our one word. You know, we are welcoming a new year. This is our first 
episode that we are recording for 2023. We have another one that we have already recorded. It's in the bag, but we're saving that for um, a couple of weeks from now uh, because it is part two of a crossover episode with yeah. Beth Lyons for Read Into This. We have, sorry, I've cut you off like six times. We probably haven't done an episode That's... in six weeks. Yeah, uh, we have right. more episodes in the bag in terms to in terms of what we're going to do than we have in a while. That's right. Because we have the crossover. Yeah. And then we have Goldie Muhammad. <gasps> you gave it away. No, edit that out. And then we have, um, sorry, fill in the name. I believe someone associated with the white books that we've been white giving. Books. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if maybe it's they have. Chart. Yeah. I don't know if maybe they've designated who's speaking, but we're doing an episode with them. It's Toby and Frank. They are the, the co-founders of um, white book. And uh, that has been like, we've been using flip charts for everything for the last little while. And so they are gracious enough to come onto the show and talk to us about their um, success. And that's, that's coming soon. Yeah. And then uh, AI technology, chat yeah. GDP. Uh, I GDP. was even surprised. <laughs> GDP, gross domestic product. I'm not making fun of you. I promise. It's just GPT. Don't worry. Most people are laughing. <laughs> I just don't find this sort of stuff funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you laugh at your own jokes, so that works. <laughs> I'm a good gauge of my humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that episode, one, you're you're not even sure if I'm really speaking right now or if this isn't AI, Che, <laughs> yes. just filling in the gap for when Pav speaks for real. The AI technology is so advanced that they would know how Che would respond. I just submitted the first 119 episodes to uh, ChatGPT, yeah. and I said, um, just pull answers using Che's voice. <laughs> I think it said easy. I was like, what? No, easy. it's not easy. You know how complex and nuanced, nuanced I am? <laughs> no, not that much. No, not really, Jim Guy. We got you. Um but we're excited to do that because I have our learning in the last two weeks. We can't read enough, can't play enough, can't explore enough yeah. to, to sort of fun. to use this. And then it, it reminds me, Pav, uh, I'll do a little anecdote. It's not really about anything we'll talk about. Then we'll go to a little break and come right back. Is that mm -hmm. about four days ago, I, I drafted up a tweet and you told me to save it. And it was wise because I said, you know what? This chat gross domestic product uh, is going great. But the amount of people that so quickly try to position themselves as experts is turning me off a little bit because I'm pretty sure this is a brave new space. And yes, some folks will be a little bit more advanced in their AI and they can offer a little bit more, but uh, it becomes too many people too quick to rush. So, you know, we've been very public trying to share what we've been building. Like I wrote my one word blog by not writing it, by simply putting in a few prompts, putting in a few things of my personality and seeing what it would produce so that I could then know how I'm going to bring it back into the space. But it comes back to this quote is that uh, the chat GDP has its own uh, Twitter handle. Mm -hmm. And they responded today talking about, you know, one million users, fastest growth, blah, blah, blah. And it's amazing how many people have positioned themselves as experts. And I messaged you and said, <laughs> I had that tweet. I had that tweet a week ago and you told me to save it. <laughs> You know, I, I didn't realize that you didn't post it. So I thought that, um, the handle had actually copied you. Um, and, and then I didn't realize that, oh, I had advised Che to not post it. And now you don't get to be the person who made that comment first. That's some insider baseball though, is that yes, Pav tells me whether I should tweet it or not. And it goes through a rigorous editing and feedback. Is anyone surprised by that? Well, no, but pretty soon I'll just start dropping it into AI and see what they say. Okay. I'll, I'll compare. See, well, Yeah, you already did that with Grammarly. 
Like Paverly is gone. Oh, Jay, is that why you use so many commas these days? Quiet. We'll be right back. You're listening to episode 120 of the Jay and Pav Show. You're listening to The Chain Pav Show. And what a show it is going to be. Of course, you can always submit your own. Uh, you're listening to The Chain Pav Show, if you'd like. Yeah, and we'll play it. Yeah. You can mention your name, too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm so-and-so, the, the author of so-and-so, the producer of so-and-so, the blah-blah-blah so-and-so, and you're listening to The Chain Pav Show. Yeah. Perfect. We love hearing voices that are not ours every once in a while. <laughs> eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I guess if you want to go that far. All right, Pab, let's Maybe. get into a topic because we've got, you know, 16 minutes of filler yeah. that some people love and other people are like, oh, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about one word. I mean, we've been doing this for, this is our f- uh, one, two, three, this is our fourth year of one word. Um, and that's very exciting in and of itself. And uh, so we, we've established this one word for the year 2023. And uh, Che and I have been doing this as a team for now the fourth year. And we're excited to present to you our one word for 2023. And then we'll also kind of recap what our word was for 2022 and, and talk about some of our reflections on how we felt like that went. Why was it necessary? Um, I'll just give you a little bit of backdrop on one word. Um, it was it was a book that was written by John Gordon, Jimmy Page, Dan Britton a few years ago, and uh, it, and it encapsulates this one word that you use as sort of your guiding principle for the year, rather than um, perhaps setting a New Year's resolution or you know repeating the same New Year's resolution for the last you know how many ever years, which has been the case for myself. Um, I've really found using one word to be a little bit less daunting and, and students I've found the same as well. Uh, and so it's, it's been an exciting journey for us to sort of, you know, decide on this one word every year for the last couple of, couple of years and see how it has impacted us as a team for the past few years. So it's, it's, it's fun to reflect on that. So, um, I'm going to do a little drum roll for you, Che, and you can, um, reveal our one word for 2023. Ready? Did you just do that by touching the mic when you could have just added some fancy sound effects? Absolutely. Oh my God. We got an AI technology for that. And our one word for 2023 is focus. Ta-da. I'll go back and I'll put in sound effects. <laughs> or you know what? Yes. Now I'm going to just, I'm going to pause on this recording. <laughs> okay. And then you could add it in afterwards and then people could compare and see what they okay, thought better. I'll do that. So here is the drum roll. And our word for 2023 is focus. Now you choose A or B as your favorite, <laughs> the drum roll or the post effect <laughs> drum rolls. We recorded that without it. Um, Pav, our word is focus. I'm glad you sort of went back to the history 
of sort of the one word and the value of one word. Because one thing I noticed with one word is now now it becomes like this binary relationship in social media to either totally embrace the one word or to try to not embrace the one word. Mm -hmm. And it always reminds me how in those spaces we tend to forget what's good pedagogy. If the one word is of value for folks to keep them propelling forward, Mm -hmm. then why would you try to take that from people? If not doing one word propels your growth, then embrace on not doing one word. And yet it's sort of, I always find that funny. So is the one word something we have to hold on to every single moment? No. But for us, is there value in having a word that we can draw upon? For sure. It it builds sort of vision. It helps us on a horizon. We either use it to justify what we're doing, validate what we're doing, or even the reverse is to see when we're shifting away from a word is to say, well, this word actually doesn't actually do what I want it to do, or it's not facilitating what I want. Part of moving forward isn't necessarily that you're always meeting your goals. It's maybe understanding that a goal or a word you have is no longer serving its purpose that adds clarity to your shift. Mm -hmm. So even in that concept, the value of the word for us is important. And so it reminds me of my coaching days, Pav, is that when you coach, I can't, I can't be giving explicit instruction as the game goes on, but I want s- uh, some words, some trigger words that are going to initiate a response. So when in the soccer realm or the volleyball realm, want it, want it, want it, want it just was the trigger. I got to call it. I got to get the ball. By calling it, I know I want to pass it to someone. The person that knows that they're not getting the ball knows that their role changes immediately and they get set up for the third role. So one singular word is the trigger for a whole series of actions based on previous knowledge, coaching, through things mm-hmm. and so that one word is just a space where we can draw to every once in a while that helps trigger like a domino effect of all the things that we want to do yeah and yeah. so uh and with one little you know to highlight the story i was reading a, a social media post about i don't really do one word but if i did it would be this oh so you do do one word yeah yeah that's right i know <laughs> I, fi- I find that to be hilarious i love like so out loud you want to publicly acknowledge that you you don't buy into whatever you know gimmick this may or may not be to you but um but at the same time you are buying into the gimmick uh, and so, uh, because you don't want to be left out and no. ultimately that's what it is. It's a whole bunch of FOMO. So, um, that's, and that's, and that's fine. You know, if you're setting resolutions or you're setting, you're choosing a one word just to fit in with the rest of the pack, that's, that's you do you friend. But at the same time, there are a lot of people that find meaning in being able to do this. And for me, um, having a one word as opposed to a, a list of resolutions is a lot easier for me to focus on or to, uh, yes, I used the word in a sentence. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot easier for me to, you know, have that word as my guiding sort of mantra for the year. It's something that I almost meditate upon. This is what I want to be able to do this year. Or it might be something that I feel myself already heading towards and I just want to lean in a little closer to it. And so, um, you know, for the last couple of years, we've been doing this with our classes as well when we've been teaching. And, and it has actually been a little bit refreshing in our experience, in my experience at least, um, to have students to just to go all in on one word. Not only do they spend a little bit more time discovering what that word is, for them but also they're they're proud to show it off because you don't have to write a whole bunch of sentences around it that explicitly state what your goals are right like if you're if your word is focus like it is for us 
you might have a number of different reasons why you've chosen that word and it doesn't have to be out there for everybody to see, you know, or know about. Neither do resolutions, but even just putting it down, that one word on a piece of paper rather than writing everything out, you kind of hold it in your heart and in your head what you plan to do with it. And, and you don't necessarily feel so bad when things don't go exactly the way that you wrote them down. Like the, the, you know, seven pages of resolutions that I used to write at one point in my life. And then I would feel really miserable if I didn't achieve them or achieve them to the extent that I wanted to achieve them. So having that one word, um, sort of alleviates some of the stress that comes from, you know, not achieving the way that maybe you had thought on that one really motivated day of January 1st, um, that you thought you were going to be able to do in the next 12 months. So, um, I like, I like the one word for that reason. I like how you put that. You hold it in your head and you hold it in your heart. Hmm. Thanks. Focus. Yeah. Pap, do you want to talk about uh, what focus means to us? Because of course, often we throw out vernacular words all over the place, but we, we, we want to define what the meaning is for us, and that meaning may change. Yeah. Uh, but at the moment, what does focus mean for the Che and Pav show, the Che and Pav duo for Che and Pav? Because, of course, you know, we also have our own individual words. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we come back and we can weave how those words play in and sort of the growth of our words from us to amplify, to responsive, to focus. Because ultimately, the course of time, we create sort of this linear path with them. Maybe it's not linear, maybe it's a little bit more messy, but there's there's a weaving together of all those words that reflect yeah. the growth or the expansion or the extension of what the the Staff Room podcast eventually manifested into. So what is focus for us? So for, for us, focus has been really um, a direction that we have wanted to go with Chain, the Chain Pav show with Chain Pav education, you know, who we are as a duo um, to sort of streamline what we are doing as a team and to streamline what we offer our listeners and engagers, people who, you know, have been part of this journey with us, um, whether they are, you know, people who have been with us since the very beginning of Chain Pav or people who have joined us along the way. So uh, it is, you know, pulling out the fluff and kind of really zeroing in on what we want to provide for ourselves, for our students, and for educators that are here to learn alongside us as, as we go through this journey. So, and I feel like it, over the past couple of years, our hands have been in many different pots at the same time, and, and it has really become very overwhelming. Um, but then along the way, we've also discovered, you know, this is where our heart really lies. This is where we feel like we are most impactful um, and where we feel like we are learning the most as we go. So and that changes that changes over time, that changes as new pedagogies are evolving, that that changes as new technologies are released. Um, this, this changes over time, but you know, do we want to necessarily be doing 18 different things at the same time and burning ourselves out? Um, no, we want to focus in on the things that we feel are giving us the most reward. And, and I don't mean that in, in a very selfish 
way or materialistic way of, oh, we're only doing this to be rewarded. That reward is also, you know, we're learning. The students alongside us are learning. Educators are learning alongside us as well. That is rewarding if we are growing um, wholesomely and holistically and as a team. And, and so that's, that's where we want to go. And, and have we figured out what those things exactly are? Probably not, but that's what the journey of this year is going to be, I think. That's my interpretation of our word, Che, and, and you let me know if I missed out on something that was important. I know we've talked about it um, and sort of, you know, have decided what we want to do and stuff. But if you've got some other things that you want to add to that interpretation, please do so. Uh, you, you nailed so many of the key components, and I'll probably just articulate it just differently, not so much different components. Um, the, I think that's right, is that focuses on those goals, mm -hmm. uh, the focus and, and the goals are a understanding of sort of what have the last four years brought. And so our goals, I could maybe have argued had, no, I wouldn't say drifted. They became a little generalistic and a little vague and perhaps not totally directed by ourselves. And you talked about, we were in many different spaces trying to contribute and have an impact. But then the flip of that coin, and not that everything is a coin and simply two sides, but there was also a lot of pressure mm -hmm. from folks to be a part of the projects they were doing. And it'll seem a little bit of a deficit story, but of course, you build these authentic relationships, but a lot of them aren't authentic. A lot of them are based on people just want something. And with the podcast, it's tough. It becomes tougher, or I guess now it becomes a little easier to understand who wants to be a part of this because they really believe in the messages we're sending and the stories we're telling and, and the experiences we're amplifying and how many people see this as a gateway to amplify simply their story. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and not that we're against amplifying other people's stories. It's not that, but we want to amplify the stories of folks that want to amplify our stories like it's collective like mm -hmm. it, you pump each other up and i think we we have sort of discovered how many people in this vast space as much as you can have these great relationships there are people that simply want to use the space you've created merely for the benefit of their content with no desire or care about your content and i think that in life becomes difficult to to ascertain i think as you and i have gone through this with this great journey we're, we're focusing in on the people and the folks and the spaces that ignite our growth but also that have, have, have that reciprocity piece people that have amplified our story we want to do justice and amplify their story and not get necessarily caught um contributing to people that really don't want our contribution they really just want our space to connect with yeah. our folks and yeah. Uh, and I think part of that focus is is to see through the smoke and and maybe we're wrong, but we want to think we are gravitating to projects and people and folks that really want us to do well because we know we we can support them and they can do well. Real collective growth. And I think when you produce content, it becomes very surface level uh, and there's a real fakeness to that space that you have to work out who are you know, we talk about this loosely. Who are your super fans? Yeah. And then who can we be a champion of in, in converse? Right. And I think maybe our focus was we were exhausting energies to people in spaces that really didn't care about what we were doing. 
as long as we right. were promoting their and that's that's the thing i think that we've spent the last couple of years you know not constantly getting burned but you know that we have had a few moments where it was sort of like oh a little eye-opening uh oh that that didn't quite go so well or we didn't quite um uh gain anything anything of uh, value in in that relationship and and that can sometimes feel very empty you know and mm. and that gain like i mentioned before it doesn't have to be monetary or materialistic or or anything that um helps us gain popularity or whatnot it's it's gain in in self-worth it's gain in uh, our own knowledge and um perspectives uh, it, it, that gain can come in very many different forms. Is it making me a better person? Is it making me a better teacher? Is it making me a better educator, better leader, whatever it, it might be. And so that those, those few situations that we have experienced and, you know, we've been doing this for, for quite some time now. And we feel like we are at that point where, where we can choose, we can focus in on the things that we know are going to help us further become better individuals and and i i don't think there's anything wrong with just like in life knowing what you want to achieve and knowing how to get there that's part of the journey it's, and so this word sort of reflects that journey and where we are going and and so um yeah i think i'm very happy with the word and and it fits well with where we are in in our travels it's be careful who you celebrate your successes with yeah. because that will reveal a lot. And I think we've had a lot of successes and they're not solely because of you and I, Pat. They're a byproduct of many other relationships mm -hmm. that have gifted us great successes. So I could list off some of our big accomplishments for the year and they may not be the biggest, but being on Edful Voice cover was a great accomplishment. Yeah. And, and yes, we've done the work, but also people that really wanted to help elevate our store. They, they wanted to champion that. Uh, our picture book mm -hmm. was, was a, a big success. And how many folks have come and really honored that project? You talked about gain. I thought of the word honor. It's about honoring the work we're doing. Yeah. And th that's been a great one. Our ability to do keynotes, it's not so much that what we've done, it's that folks really honored our work and want to be part of it. And who wanted to celebrate with that further? And, and some of the awards we've been gifted. And so it's been a great year of personal accomplishment, but we realize that's a, a byproduct of other people around honoring our content and being engaged in our content. And it, it sort of brought our focus. And I think, Pav, you weren't sure necessarily what that focus might mean for moving into the next year, but I actually had a small little list of things that are focuses we want to be on. And so uh, we'd love to do, and we have our original plan for another picture book. Mm-hmm. The more content you create, it's just the more engaged, enriched, and weaved you get in with other folks that are sort of doing the same work. That's a little off tangent, but when I think of what is our focus, we want to do another picture book. We've talked about it loosely, but we have our first real sort of teacher book coming out. Mm -hmm. And this is a project we've been now working on for years. I think this might be the year, Jay. It might actually <laughs> come out this year, but it is a in-depth book that we've written. It's almost 
400 pages. It's going to have to be edited. Yes. We have done interviews on a couple of different themes with a lot of different folks. It really, almost like a podcast episode, turned that into content. And then a, a whole lot of writing along the sides. I don't know necessarily a lot of people think of us as book authors, but a substantial book that we have written almost all the content. And every book has a different style, but a book of collection of anecdotes, mm-hmm. how much, it's not how much. That that's the project. This is a collection of anecdotes. This isn't necessarily a collection of anecdotes. These are our anecdotes, our understandings, written in with some interviews where we've brought in. And so it's been a lot of real work and reflection. We're excited about that project. So our focus is in getting that done. I know it's out to uh, we won't mention which professor at the at University of York that is currently reading through it. Um, but we're we're excited about that because it's a little bit of different a, a little bit of a different type of validation because as two teachers you don't get into the university professor space very often you're too busy you're not connected and so but these are the academic professionals that are teaching our new youthful teachers and we're excited to sort of have that book in that space with some really incredible interviews that have engaged us in some content so we're really excited and but the excitement is focus. Because the learning that we have gained as teachers through that process is immense, but we really haven't able, been able to share it yet because it's sort of been behind the scenes. And I think that couples really beautifully with our picture books because it's a picture book, it's an, an access point to podcasts, and thank everyone that's purchased that book, brought us into their schools. We're really appreciative of that. This book is sort of, it's it expands sort of the definition of the, the writing contributions we've made to the writing community, the education community. As an extension of the great presentations we have done, I talked about keynotes, but also presentations with ETT and with EDFO, we're really excited to curate and, and construct an AQ course because we've talked about that. That that for me is a focus. Uh, igniting, bringing that content more than an hour-long presentation, but to be able to create an AQ course that really goes in explicitly throughout. And then I had the extension of this, this idea of, of a master class not that we are the masters of podcast creation, but we create a lot of educational content. And because we're in classrooms and in a variety of different spaces, we can really address of what the classroom podcast looks like, feels like, sounds like in that space. How do you introduce it? Because, you know, we've talked about this before. Everyone wants to share their software. Everyone wants to share the hardware. But do we actually talk about how we integrate it with all the curriculum, all the content? How do we introduce it? How does it manifest? How do kids respond in these spaces? How do we create these spaces? And I think that's sort of one of our... Uh, one of our benefits is that we're not just guest podcasters in educational space. We podcast extensively in educational space. We know how to make it as an extension of a writing activity or as a book cover activity, how to use it as part of a math talk, how to use it as part of a homelessness investigation, exploration, how kids respond in the mic, their hesitations on the mic, how you breach those hesitations. So for me, when I think about focus, I think of picture book, our book, AQ course, masterclass. And of course, this focus for me, Pat, brings it back to it makes us a better teacher makes us better in the classroom makes us better in these spaces and so that focus is really important is to sort of filter through the noise pick those areas of focus and maybe they'll deviate maybe they'll change yeah but because we have this clear focus it will allow us to see either the growth or how this is working or the need to change yeah while you were speaking there i was sweating a lot um i was very nervous and very cringy And I just want to tell you a little bit of my own personal experience of why I don't like sharing my goals. Mm. And so I often will say, um, I often will say, I don't know yet. 
I don't know yet. I don't know where it will go. And that's probably why. And, and so I leave that to you. And thank you for sharing those things. I don't know there that's, that's four things, but it's four big things. And, and I don't know if we'll be able to achieve all of those by February, by February or <laughs> December. Um, but I just, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. And I don't know if it's a personal thing, if it's a previous trauma thing. Um, I have a very hard time sharing with people publicly what my goals are. And, uh, and so I, you know, the thanks for doing that. Um, I don't know that I, I could have during this episode. Can and I, I know we've talked about those things. We've talked about those goals and I always just feel like I don't know if we'll be able to do it. So I don't want to put it out into the universe. So, um, I just, I just, that was just a personal little anecdote that I questioned while you were speaking, if I was going to share that or not. And then I decided I need to share it because I don't even know if that's something you know about me. So, um, I just put that out there. It's a good share. Thank you. Um, I, did I know about it explicitly? Probably not explicitly. Could I have known about it sort of because we've never been big on sharing our goals. And actually right. you talked about that. I said, there's two reasons we have talked about one sort of the science of the brain, which I've done some work on is that when you share your goals out a lot, what tends to happen is people praise your goals and that actually deviates you from your goals because part of the, part of the sort of neurochemistry of goal setting is the accomplishment because you get sort of this high, yeah, that the dopa high from, dopamine. Yeah, yeah, from success. But when you share your goals openly to a lot of people and people give you a lot of that that praise early on, yeah. is you get a lot of the same rush, but you didn't have to put in the work. She didn't do anything. So yet. you actually become less likely to do it. Yes. And so we have been both very reserved to share goals because we also know that the ripple effect is if people start praising you for goals you haven't done, you sort of get half 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 the reward from no works and so you don't bother. But then you let yourself down if you yeah. don't get it. And so maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's just something that I've learned growing up and and I and I hate that feeling of not accomplishing something but already feeling the the good feelings that come with success um, without having done it. You know, it's like the whole idea of I think I'm going to finally hit that fitness goal this year and then thinking so much about it and then just feeling completely let down when you don't get it the way that you envisioned it to be. And so I'm not sure if maybe that's what it is, but um, but I don't like I don't like that feeling. And I get very, 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 very nervous when somebody asks me, hey, what's your goal? And this is, you know, I, I often just lie to people and I say, oh, I don't I don't really have anything going on, but I will document it personally and just hold on to it personally. So I don't have to answer to anybody else other than myself. Um, there's that accountability piece. And, and maybe that comes from repeated failures. Maybe it comes from. Uh, my own expectations of what I'm able to or not able to do. Um, maybe there is a little self-esteem thing there, but, uh, but that's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I don't know if others feel the same way or if others have any of the same experiences, but I did cut you off. You said there was a second reason that we didn't get to. Um, similar related to what you were talking about is this idea of how is it going to be received by folks mm -hmm. and then yes how does that play into it one will you not get the acceptance you hope will you not get the praise you hope does it go quietly which comes back to one of those original things that said be very careful who you share good news with 
Yeah. Because you, what you'll find too often is most people aren't as excited about your good news. Or people will steal your, your ideas. Mm. That's another fear, right? Like uh, it's oftentimes you, and we made this, this comment a lot. It's uh, those that are first and loudest that get the attention, right? And so if someone is able to do it first, then are we going to be able to get the accolades or the, you know, or people are going to honor our work the way that we hoped that it would be honored if somebody else did it first and louder than we did. So, um, that's, that's, I think a major fear as well. So, and, but I think that this is a good conversation because when it comes to setting goals for the new year, sharing your one word, sharing your new year's resolutions, putting it out there for other people, um, these are things that students experience. And this is, you know, because of their own lived experiences, they may or may not want to share or, you know, they may or may not have comfort with putting their thoughts and feelings out into the world for for many of the same reasons. And so one of the reasons why I feel like one word is a little bit successful with students is because they don't necessarily need to put a whole out out, out into the world. Um, they can be vague or they can be specific. And so that that I think alleviates some of the stress and anxiety of, of some of these things that we have outlined as, as why I, I personally don't like to put my goals and my aspirations out there specifically. Um, but I appreciate that you do. And maybe it's just our own lived experiences that create those differences, or maybe it's other things. Um, but, but it's also why I think we make a good team. <laughs> I think it also comes, Pav, is um, a little bit of oh, my own personal growth where I think I would have seen too much of this as a competition years ago. Now I'm not necessarily, I don't know what's the right word. I, I'm not necessarily calm with everything around me but and, and not to say I don't worry about what other folks are doing. But I think I, I'm so fixated on my own journey at the moment that not everything is is, is competition based at the moment or just the, the place I'm at. So I, I I can I would probably say that in my own personal growth that it's a little bit more comfortable to put these goals out because I actually don't necessarily feel as um, worried about other folks. I think because the focus allows us to focus on who matters and those people that matter, those people that are championing us, hopefully we're championing them equally, but there is no competition. It actually goes all the way circular back to our first one word about us. And so I'm not, when it comes down to it, it's that dynamic of us. And it's actually rather than trying to be bigger in scale, it's about being smaller in scale. And so as much as we're having this conversation to all our listeners, I guess I feel like it's it's our conversation. It's therapy. It's, that's I was right. just going to say, this has been a great therapy session. That's right. <laughs> and so I don't, and, 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 and if four years in, the folks that listen to us, they're going to continue to listen to us. And that doesn't necessarily mean they agree with everything, but there, there's, there's, there's a comfort here that everyone in this space, this community is championing each other. And I know there's a lot of hidden stories because I often try to figure out who our listeners are and I can't do the, the math. And when I think I know who a listener is and I talk with them, I realize they're not a listener at all and you don't have to be, but it's sort of, it's, it becomes part of that focus is that our energies need to be focused on our community, but it's sometimes it's tough to, to figure out who your community is. And so the more content you produce, it be you slowly start to pick extract information. And so 
our listenership, this isn't the topic, is tough for me to figure out because who I think are our listeners, I realize are not our listeners. Mm-hmm. And there has to be so there there are thousands of people that listen that I don't know who they are. I wish I did. And I hope this community, I hope we are championing, championing, championing the work you are doing. And I have no idea who you are, but I come back to the goals. I feel comfortable in this community because I don't, I don't need it to grow. Of course, everyone would always love community to grow, Mm -hmm. but I don't need it to grow. And I'm very comfortable that our community, we are, we are a community. And so everyone that's listening to episode 120, which is like 200 and some on it is part of this community and we are rooting for each other. And so I probably feel much more at peace to reveal these goals because I don't think anyone that's listening, even 45 minutes into this episode, is not a champion of our work. And I, I that reciprocity piece, I hope we are championing your work. Yeah, well said, Jay. Thank you for sharing that. I don't think I have it in me to share anything else. So so that's it. I'm out, folks. It's uh, just Che from now Oh, on. boy. I haven't done an interview in a long time. Can't wait. <laughs> Finally. Pass over that broadcaster, bro. Let me take. Well, Pat, that seems like a good a good spot to yeah. maybe go to a commercial. I think that's a good we'll idea. We'll come back. We'll wrap this up. And it'll, it's only been, well, it'll be an hour and 45 minutes by the time we're done. <laughs> but it's only been 45 minutes at the moment. And you've been listening to the Che and Pav Show, episode 120. One word, 2023. And you're listening to The Chain Path Show. And this episode is brought to you by January. Because it would only seem appropriate if we're doing a one word 2023 that that's what this month, this episode would be brought to you by. So if all the other months are listening, hey, send us a check for $150 and we could dedicate this episode to you. All right, Pav. That, that was your <laughs> cue to stop the button and actually communicate how we wanted to wrap this up. But you just looked at me and laughed. It was not funny. It was not funny. <laughs> no, but I really liked that. And I just felt like it needed that little moment of silence to let it sink in to all the other months. February, That's I hope right. you got that. Come on now, February. I know, you, I know you don't have as many days, so maybe cut you a little <laughs> bit of discount. Maybe a little bit of discount. We'll talk about this later. But don't just assume you just get discount because you're only 28 days or whatever it is. I'm, is it a leap year? I don't know. What's the year? No, it can't be. It's 2023. Our our one word wasn't jump, so it's not a leap year. (laughs) Right. Uh, Pav, let's bring this conversation back and and tie a little bit of this into um, how focus is sort of the manifestation of all our words sort of building up. And you can sort of measure our growth by our choice of one words. And maybe we can talk a little bit about how our own individual words, no, we weren't cheating the system (laughs) by getting to pick three words this year. Although I think Beth in our crossovers does 12 words, right? One word per month. She did one year. She did one year. I think it was 2021 Mm. where she did uh, one word for every month and she wrote a corresponding blog post that went with it. And it was really great. It was a great idea. I uh, applaud her effort because that did take a lot of effort to write a blog post every single month about that word and then have deliberate intention for every month. Um, you know, even just one word for a year, I sometimes feel like, oh, that's, that's, you know, it's a lot like when you, when I was sweating, I was literally sweating, thinking about all the things that we have planned to do this year, um, wondering if we're going to be able to do it. And so it, it can be a lot. So, uh, yeah, the, the one word for the month 
or for the year. So yeah, you were you were saying I interrupted again. Sorry. And then I no, I think it actually threw to you, and you froze. Yeah, Yeah, maybe a little bit. I did. It happens sometimes. I forget what I was gonna. No, no. I'm just creating pause so it sinks into the audience. The pav froze. So yeah. So, <laughs> so no, we were, you're not gonna let that sink in at all, eh? I'll cut you off real quick. The pav. No, I'm also afraid of dead air. Don't worry. <laughs> what? Dead air. Oh, I thought you said dead hair, and I thought you were making fun of my bald spot. I'm like, really? You're gonna go there on this episode? <laughs> oh, pav redefines goodness. bald spot by dead hair. Pardon me. Dead hair. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> dead Sorry, go ahead. I'm okay with the dead air. Yeah. And I have no choice about the dead hair. <laughs> um, we had our four words. So yeah. have, I was, I'll throw you this batting practice fastball to regain your train of thought. And you, okay. you, you jump in whenever you want. Sure. In our first year, we had us. us. The second year, we moved to amplify. And then when we went into year three, we went with responsive. That's right. And then we culminated this year with focus and then you and i had our two words that i think are are words that play into how we're going to focus and i can share mine mine was accelerate and i think a lot of people assume acceleration is going really fast but i chose accelerate as in the idea that i know the path i want to take at the moment and to stand by at the gas station and not move forward was actually just opening up space to be distracted again. Mm-hmm. And so now that those those goals have become clear, I can accelerate, not in a reckless manner, but in a, I am going ahead now because I know what I need to do. And that doesn't mean I won't change, but in going forward, I'll know if I need to change or if I'm going in the right path. So. I chose accelerate. That's that's great. And I like the way that you uh, defined it and connected it to focus. Uh, my individual word is iteration this year. And and it's a word that I've been, I found that this this previous year, I was using this word a lot. And I was, uh, and every time I used it, oftentimes, you know, you feel like you're using one word repeatedly a little bit too much. Um, I, I'd often stop and pause. Like there, there must be a reason why I keep using this word. And iteration means repeating something uh, in an effort to improve the result each and every time you repeat it. So you make small changes every time to achieve a better result. So whether you're working to some form of idealism or perfection or, um, you know, an, a, a space, a goal space that you want to get to, but you're repeating behaviors. So for me, that's repeating lessons. Um, and I have the opportunity to do that because I'm in multiple classroom spaces this year. And, and in terms of our focus word for Che and Pav, it's repeating things that I know are going to help us achieve these goals. You know, some of them we've been working on for four years and it's, it's getting closer and closer, but it's not quite there yet. So what am I repeating? What am I making changes to each and every time? Uh, what are we doing together to do that? Uh, you know, how are we, 
uh, streamlining our content? How are we putting our content out into the world? What things are we repeating and making slightly better each time? And um, it is a part of the design thinking process that I think I personally, I feel is the most important part of the design thinking process. So, you know, we're innovating uh, every single day as educators, as content creators. And, and so what are we doing to tweak our, uh, our work so that it, it does make that impact that is most rewarding for us as, as creators. So, um, that's my word for the year. And, 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 and it, even on a personal level, um, you know, just repeating the same things like, Every year I have that goal of being, you know, the most fit that I've been my entire life. And every year I feel like I'm not quite getting there. But, um, but this, this year, this past year, I feel like the, I just have had the focus in the wrong place. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to put the focus where I think it needs to be. And, and hopefully those small changes that I'm making on a day-to-day, uh, basis are going to help me get to that goal. So, um, iteration that's my word and and that's how i tie it in to uh focus the power of repeat yeah the power of repeat yeah iteration is a little sexier i think yeah absolutely it (laughs) reminds me of um when i was doing my reading specialist and they talked about you know post reading strategies pre reading strategies during reading strategies that you know read something again and and i think that's been so taken over by it's just filler read it again but you read it again and then you give a few prompts that you're looking for so the power of the reread it's like watching a video you start to pick up on other nuanced things and there's power in repetition Mm -hmm. um, because it provides you space to see what's working what's not working and make those those slight changes in fact that reminds me of a theory you had in content creation it was that you're a consumer, you're an engager, then you're a creator, but then you need to repeat. And when you repeat, everything changes. You're not mm-hmm. just consuming again, you're consuming for a different purpose. Yes. Um, and I think when you think about iteration, plays into focus, it focuses almost this, a very similar cycle. We started with us, which was a fixate on the work we were doing to sort of build what we were doing and improve what we were doing. And as we made that commitment, we realized we were in a space now to amplify other voices. Yeah. And so we focused on the amplification of other voices, other projects. And with that amplification, it it drifted into responsive, that we needed to be responsible with our content and responsible with our messaging and being aware that we had a community and how did we want to curate messages and how did we want to be perceived and and, uh, how were we being perceived? And all of a sudden, focus is is almost a repeat of us, but it, it's an iteration of it. Mm. It's having our goals, knowing what we want to do, focusing on us. And by focusing on us, when you think about SEL and all these sort of buzzwords that float around, is that focusing on yourself allows you to be able to focus and better serve the people around you. Knowing who you are, knowing what you're doing um, allows you to serve folks and so this focus on necessarily our projects is ideally a focus on the people the community around us as we focus we can help them focus and conversely they'll help us focus so when i think of your word iteration it sort of it helps me weave together our words of us amplify responsive and focus 
Yeah, very well said, Che. Thank you for that. Um, and and yeah, they the the words that like I feel like as we are talking about it, it's like you could write a book about how we have sort of um, evolved over the past four years with those words specifically. There's so much story attached to every word, and and I find myself putting myself back in that space where our word was us, and we were just building this space that we have right here in front of us. And, um, and, and it was such a early part of who we were and what we were trying to create, um, and then amplify and then responsive. And here we are with focus and, and focus is oftentimes people think that, you know, focus is something that you need when you are beginning something like have some focus, start your homework or start your project, get focused. Um, and here we are four years later. And now telling ourselves to focus, um, it just reminds you how complicated uh, journeys are and how complicated life is and how complicated content creation is. And, and who would have thought that four years later we would still be doing this and still be setting our goals for the year as, uh, as creators, as podcasters, as educators, um, as a team. And so it, it's, um, it almost gives me chills to think about where we are and where we've come from. Agreed. Yeah. Time to wrap up, I think. I think so. I think before I push the music on the swag bag, not that I really have a swag bag, as teachers, of course, we can tell you that this is absolutely uh, an activity, a space you can bring into your classroom. Pav, I love the way you uh, shared your story that maybe students are intimidated by specific goals. And maybe that's one of the reasons they don't have specific goals. But perhaps an entry point into goal setting is to have a one word, a word that can morph, a word that you can take many of your actions and say how it's connected or not connected. And you could do it through a writing activity. You could do mm-hmm. it through an audio content. You could do it through a vlog. You could do it through, I think last year we did an art, photo- digital photography yeah. assignment with it using Adobe. There's all kinds of ways you can get students to sort of pick a word, address their word. And, and when you, we, I can connect this back to a further episode when we talk about learning skills. Do we ever explicitly create spaces to teach and explicitly show learning skills? And goal setting is one of those learning skills. Mm-hmm. And if, if what ways and tools can we use to make goal setting accessible? A one word is one of those ways we can make goal setting accessible to our students and make it really explicit that this is a space we can grow from, create from. Absolutely. And, and might I add that it's, it's a new space for many students to just think about one word, um, setting resolutions every single year, you know, can sometimes be a little bit boring for students because they know that this is what is coming, that goal setting piece, but giving them, (laughs) you're smiling, you've got an anecdote to share. Yes. Okay. It reminds me of a new teacher when I would walk around and every single class was doing the same. Same. Write me a biography about you. And like, you know, these students are asked this question every Every year. year. That's right. And every year they have to write resolutions. And oftentimes they just repeat the same thing that they said last year because it's easy to do that. Playing the game. You're playing the game. That's right. So throw them a curveball and give them the one word. (laughs) Yes, that was me using a baseball analogy this time oh i thought you were gonna do a blues brothers impression oh no i can't do that oh no but you can i already did one i know it was pretty good eh? it was good 106 miles to chicago we got a full tank of gas half a pack of cigarettes is dark and we're wearing sunglasses yeah let's hit the swag bag Mm -hmm. we've been talking one word 2023 and we sort of addressed what our one word was focus 
and tied it into how we learn. And if folks want that one word to push them to the horizon, we embrace it. But if one word's not for you, embrace what it is that allows you to continue on your journey. And so for us, we spend this sort of recap episode, this one word episode, we've talked a lot about us, but we need to thank you the community that has allowed us for four years to share our stories, to amplify stories, to engage in a bunch of different projects. As much as Pav and I think we lean on each other, we absolutely know that if the folks around us, if all of you did not support us along the way by listening, subscribing, writing reviews, buying picture books, attending our conferences, sharing pictures of you with your voice magazine, showing up at our keynotes that this, we wouldn't have this space, this platform. We're indebted to you more so than we are indebted to each other on that front. And so although we haven't spent enough of this episode doing it, we want to thank each and every one of you for making the Che and Pav community a vibrant community. And we hope that in our quest for our goals that we are lifting you up in the process and that our relationship is one of reciprocity whether i know you or i don't know you and we look forward to our continued growth in 2023 and we look forward to helping you amplify your growth as we focus together on 2023 and you've been listening to the che and pav show episode 120 you decide whether this is the real che or not it's AI. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time.